Let's do that hockey. Welcome back to the Dauber Prospects Radio Podcast. This is another World Juniors sort of preview episode, but since the World Juniors has already started, it's not really a preview anymore, and it's not really a review because they're they're currently going. But this episode is going to focus on the Russian roster. Uh, previously, I had on Chris Peters talking about Team USA, Craig Button talking about Team Canada, Marco Bombino covered Finland, and Jimmy Hammerin helped me out with Team Sweden. So the last of the powerhouse teams to cover is Russia, and I certainly didn't want to let them slip between the cracks before the tournament got too old. Uh, And this episode, uh, I'm really happy to be welcomed by today's guest, who comes from Dauber Prospects, and that would be Dylan Griffin. He covers the uh, MHL and Russian prospects for Dauber Prospects. Uh, Dylan, welcome to the podcast, man. First time, long time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for anyone who's looking at uh, following him on Twitter, you can catch him at, unders- at Dylan underscore Griffing, D-Y-L-A-N-G-R-I-F-F-I-N-G. Uh, and he does some pretty good stuff, and he's got a pretty good handle on these kids on the Russian roster uh, and how to pronounce their names. So he can help me out with that as well, because <sighs> it's not my forte. Uh, so Dylan, uh, thanks for, for joining the podcast. First of all, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, how a, a dude from Wisconsin covers the MHL for Dauber Prospects. Uh, I'd love to hear the story there. Well, I've been following Prospects for quite a few years now. Uh, I never really wanted to like make anything out of it. And then one day I went on Twitter and I started posting clips. I looked up free hockey that I could watch and the MHL came up. And they had all these guys that are so fun to watch. Um, Rat Kuznadinov, uh, Alexander Pashin, Rodion Amirov. And I was like, well, this league is underscouted. No one else is really doing this. I could just run with this for a while. And then one day I get a DM. Hey, would you be willing to join our team? And now I have this gig. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, right on. Um all right, so you watch a lot of MHL hockey, so you know how to pronounce these players' names, and, and all these guys kind of came through those ranks, uh, so you know a lot about them. Typical format I've been going with this is uh, as a brief team overview and then a breakdown by position. Uh, Russia is a perennial contender, and from what I know about these players, I don't see this year as being anything different. One of the things Craig Button said was uh, he thinks that Russia will be the strongest competition for gold with uh, Team Canada, who he predicts to win gold this year. Um, So it's pretty safe to say that Russia is a gold medal contender. Uh, He really likes their their defense. He thinks they've got the right formula to compete with Canada's depth. What's your, your overview of Team Russia here and maybe what's your prediction for them? Uh, They have a uh, great forward group. Uh, the first line, they have went with the stack tactic of uh, Podkols and Kuznodinov and Amarov on the, on the top line. Uh, and then you move down and you have all these great play-driving forwards. Uh, Arseny Gritsyuk, uh, Igor Afanasyev, uh, Maxim Goroshev. And they've already been off to hot starts, even in the pre-tournament uh, game. And then you move back to the defense, and there's some question marks in my books, at least. Uh, Artemi Knaizov and Semyon Chistikov are probably their best two defensemen, and they have them very split apart. Uh, Chistikov is on the top uh, pairing with Shakir Mukhamadoulin. Uh, Knaizov is all the way at the bottom pairing with Kirill Kursinov. Um, their defense has been good at quickly closing down players so adding a lot of pressure uh getting the puck in and out of the zone uh playing long spring passes through the middle and then obviously Yaroslav Askarov is maybe the best goalie in this tournament uh he can carry a team pretty much uh so yeah I think having them as a favorite to medal for sure I'm still not convinced if they can go all the way to the gold. Obviously, Canada's going to be one of the toughest teams to beat. 
always a strong team there, but there's definitely a strong chance that they can pull something out of the bag and finish gold. Yeah, with uh, when the medal round is is win and win or die, um, and you got Yaroslav Askarov in your goal, um, you can win a game against a team, even if you're grossly outmatched. If you've got Askarov in goal, you can you can win one game uh, and upset a higher seed opponent. Not to say that Russia is not a high seed opponent uh, team, and they're not really out, outmatched drastically by any team in this tournament. But yeah, Askarov can be a major difference maker. So Team Russia has uh, two 2021 draft eligible prospects. They typically don't go with very young players. They uh, they traditionally are a 19 year old roster. Igor Larionov takes over from uh, um, brain cramping on longtime coach's name. Anyhow, uh, he's he's the new coach for the, the team this year, uh, so they could have a different philosophy. So that's something that I'll be interested in, in looking for. Um, and they have a couple of undrafted prospects on their roster, too. Uh, so we'll talk about all of those players. Lots of Maple Leafs, lots of Nashville Predators. I think they each have three players uh, aside on this Russian roster. So let's, let's deep dive. Let's digest this roster a little bit, and we'll start in goal. We were just talking about Askarov, the 18-year-old uh, top prospect Nashville Predators. First round pick, 11th overall in the 2020 draft that just went by. Uh, the Leafs have a, a backup goalie here, um, Arthur... Aktiamov or something like that. And then they've got an undrafted D plus one goalie as well. So I think uh, we could talk for a little bit about Askarov, but I think most people know all about him. He made the team last year. He was a little shaky uh, in the World Juniors last year as 17-year-old. Um, and now he gets another shot at it. I'm expecting him to be as dominant as he's been in all the other international tournaments that I've seen him play. Uh, and chances are he gets um, all the starts. In this tournament, do you see anyone else getting a start for for Russia here? Uh, unless there's some great collapse, I don't think uh, Aktyamov will take over his spot now. Right. Um, the other goalie that they have as their uh, their third goalie, he's an undrafted 19 year old, so he's a D plus one. Um, I have no idea how to pronounce his names. Uh, Vesvolod Skotnikov, or something along those lines. At least Sevalod, the first V is silent. <laughs> oh, well, that's hand- handy. He's got too many Vs. Uh, tell me a little bit about him. Is he someone who has any chance of, um, you know, maybe earning some minutes in the KHL, uh, making himself a relevant prospect, possibly finding himself signed as a, as a free agent in a couple of seasons, or or even possibly drafted as, a, as an overager in the upcoming draft? What's his upside? I think he can definitely make a case to be drafted. I had him ranked uh, last season. Uh, he's already gotten a few starts uh, with Cheska in the KHL. Uh, I think he put up around like a uh, 920 save percentage in his three games. Uh, he's only like six foot tall, so he's not obviously going to jump off the page as somebody that NHL scouts are going to love just because of that. Um, but... He could definitely be someone to draft in, you know, seventh, sixth, seventh round, uh, maybe in the future. After five, six years in the KHL, he can come over, be a backup, or you know, one uh, B possibly. Um, but I'm not totally convinced on his upside quite yet, just because of that size. Okay, and what about the Leafs prospect here? He's a, a player that they picked uh, in this past draft in the fourth round, 106th overall. And um, what's his upside? Do you see him ever coming over to the NHL? Does he have starter potential, or is he maybe a backup, uh, AHL kind of caliber goalie? Does he have any fantasy relevance? Yeah, I think he's more of a backup upside, uh, which doesn't really bode well with someone who's going to come over uh, those kind of depth guys typically end up staying in Russia. But the Leafs clearly saw something they liked in him, took him fourth round. He's been putting up really good numbers in all three leagues in Russia. Uh, if he can get some starts in the World Juniors, that's obviously going to help his stock. Uh, but yeah, he could definitely be a guy that comes over and makes a small impact as a backup, maybe. 
All right. So I think the conversation begins and ends in goal with Yaroslav Askolarov for this roster here. And um, I think we'll see plenty of him in this tournament and nothing of the other two. So let's move on and talk about some defensemen. Um, the two draft-eligible players that have made this team are both defensemen. I'm pretty familiar with Daniel Chayka because he played in the OHL last season for Guelph. And I liked what I saw a lot from him he's a first round forecast player for the 21 draft somewhere in the late first round though uh probably in the 20 to 30 ballpark um the dauber prospects rankings has the other option kirill krasanov ranked about 44th i think it was and i'm sure you had a lot of input on that ranking um so let's talk about these two guys here where do you want to start chaika or krasanov uh we can start with krasanov okay uh, I actually uh, I pushed for him a lot during that ranking, and then like a few days later, I went back and watched more of him, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of see him more as like a fringe second round guy instead of you know early second. Uh, he's really good at moving the puck. Uh, he can take it himself or make quick passes. Uh, can just be like a really impact pu- impactful puck mover. But there's just some worries about his defensive game because he's just so like relaxed in the in the defensive zone, uh, and he kind of like tries to anticipate everything, and then he ends up getting beat or drags himself way out of position. So there's just some worries about that, and then his upside isn't. He probably won't be a top four guy, more like a bottom pair, number five or number six in the future. Uh, he's old for the class. I think he's only like two months from being, or no, a few days from being uh, eligible in the 2020 draft. So there's some worries about his game, but there's also some solid upside. All right. So he sounds like he might be a kind of a prospect that has a better um, hockey value than fantasy hockey value from, from what you're saying. Would you agree with that assessment as well? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about a little bit about um, Daniel Cheka as a player. I think has really good fantasy upside. Um, I was really impressed with what I saw from him as a 17-year-old import player in the CHL last year with Guelph. He was dominant in some games at times. Uh, I like the way that he sees the game. He moves really well. He moves the puck really well. Uh, I didn't see a lot of glaring deficiencies in his game defensively or or in any other capacity. Um, and I think with a little maturation and development, he could really blossom into um, not an elite NHL defenseman, but um, but a very regular NHL top four defenseman. Uh, that's my sort of scouting assessment on, on Cheka. Where do you see him? Uh, so I've obviously, I've only really seen him in Russia uh, this season. Uh, he's been through all three leagues also. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of things that people have been uh, telling me they haven't noticed in the OHL. Uh, like, uh, his shot, apparently, is something that's really special. But when I've been watching him, he's just taking these weak shots from the point, and he takes a lot of them. And that's kind of the one glaring thing that's kind of frustrated me with him, and I just can't handle the pressure. And maybe it's just the KHL that he can't handle quite yet because obviously he's 18 years old. Uh, that'll come with time. But he, like everything else in his game, he's a fantastic skater for his size. Uh, he moves the puck really well. He doesn't exactly play physically, but he plays really smart. Uh, he uses a stick. Uh, his incredibly long reach. Uh, it's almost like a Zdeno Chara-esque player. So as a guy to get in mid to late first round, there's a lot of upside with him. Yeah, I think uh, it's certainly easier to excel in the OHL than the KHL. Um, but I think uh, I think you're right, though. I think a little uh, adjustment time and adaptation to playing pro hockey, um, uh, the larger ice surface against men, um, Shouldn't be a culture shock because, I mean, the guy is Russian. So just playing in the in a higher caliber league, not surprising that there'll be a little bit of adjustment time for, for Daniel Sheka there. The Russian team only has one first round draft pick on their back end. 
um, which I kind of thought was a little bit surprising considering some of the teams they've iced in the past and some of the quality defensemen that they've seen that they've had on previous world juniors. So as much as Craig Button loved this roster, I don't think there's any real standout names here. No um, high pedigree prospects. So Shakir Makamadoulin is uh, the highest drafted prospect that they have. And he went 20th overall in the past draft to New Jersey. And um, there's a big divide on him in the scouting community. There's a lot of people who aren't afraid to show their disinterest in him and people that were shocked that he was a first-round pick, let alone um, a first two- or three-round pick, maybe. And then there were some other guys I talked to an NHL scout, uh, and he said that he wasn't surprised that uh, Shakir went in the first round. Um, so tell me a little bit about, about him. I understand that he's got some lapses in his decision-making in the defensive zone, but uh, talking about Cherilike, he's 6'4", 209, so he's definitely... Oh, sorry, he's not. That's a different guy. He's 6'2", 170, which is not small. Um, and I've watched him play uh, a little bit in the World Juniors so far, and uh, he can move. He can skate. So there's that to like about him. Um, what's your notebook have on Mukamadoulin? Uh, so I'm definitely in that first group you brought up. Uh, I'm not not a fan of Shakir. Uh, he what he brings is really uh, strong fundamentals, but when you try to challenge him beyond that, uh, you see these big weaknesses. Uh, what he does well, obviously, he moves uh, for his size. He moves very well. He has a nice shot, uh, kind of good awareness in both zones, but nothing that like stands out as a superstar player right there. Uh, he just is very frustrating to watch. You want to like uh, turn it off at sometimes when he's playing. Uh, he a lot of his points this year in the KHL, which is like one of the reasons that he stood out. Uh, most of his points have come out in uh, the power play, uh, not doing a lot of even strength offensively. He started off the World Juniors fine, uh, just not doing anything that's like really making him look like a first-round player, in my opinion. Yeah, I tend to agree. The The smaller sample size I have hum, of him has been, um, well, he's tall and he skates really well. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't do anything besides that that, that really pops... Um, so he's a very raw player and I guess New Jersey is convinced that he's, um, he's very moldable and that they're confident that he's got the fundamentals to develop into a more impactful player because, well, I thought there were other options at 20th overall that were a little bit more of a sure thing for potential impact NHL players, but hey, I'm not an NHL scout or GM, so I'll, I'll defer to the experts on this one, um, and I'll wait to be pleasantly proved wrong. So assuming that he's not their best defenseman, I think you and I are, are both perhaps on the same page there, um, who do you see as their their top defenseman here from both a, uh, this tournament, so this little small window in time as of like right now, who's the best defenseman on the Russian World Junior roster? And then my follow-up question to that is, uh, who has the biggest long-term upside out of all of the, the defensemen for Russia? Uh, right now, their best defenseman, I'm pretty set on it being Semyon Chistikov. Uh, he's a Nashville Predators fourth-round pick from 2019. Uh, he's not like a big offensive guy, uh, but he is very good at clearing the puck uh, from danger in the defensive zone. He jumps into plays. Uh, he's just a very mature uh, leader for the team, really. Uh, I haven't noticed anything that makes me uh, frustrated when I'm watching him. He just moves the puck well. He moves into the offensive zone. He plays on the power play. Uh, he kind of quarterbacks it a little bit. He's more of a side character to the quarterbacking but he can still move the puck well around the offensive zone and then for the future I think it must be Daniil Cheka. I think he has the highest upside out of all their defensemen maybe Artemi Knaizev 
Uh, he's a Sharks pick. He just came back to Russia on loan, and he's been off to a hot start with Bars Kazan, and he already has one assist uh, for the Russians in the World Juniors. Uh, I think that he has potential to be a top four guy, maybe a number three in the future, but uh, both him and Chistyakov are kind of on the smaller side. They're both 5'11", so they're both being played with uh, kind of the big guys uh, uh, with Kirsanov and Kamadoulin. All right, another one I want to talk to you about is Jan Kuznetsov. He's a uh, 2020 second-round pick by the Flames. He went 50th overall. Um, where do you see his his upside, and how is he fitting in on this team? So he's a player I haven't seen a super large amount of, uh, just because he's been playing in the United States for the past three seasons. And uh, but I did, right? Yeah, but I did check him out, uh, did my due diligence on him, and he's just a big guy, throws the body, uh, not really a technical player, but he can start rush as well. He's more of a get the puck, give it to someone else, and they'll go. Uh, I've kind of seen some lapses in uh, judgment when watching him in the World Junior so far. He's made a couple of passes that made me kind of scratch my head. But other than that, he's just a rock-solid, probably bottom-pairing upside, kind of one of those safe upside players. So having him in the second round is probably a bit early in my books, just because I think you can kind of go more high upside with a player there. But he's big uh, and has that number five or number six potential. Yeah, he's not a player that really moves the needle for my fantasy scouting radar very much at all. Um, with that in mind, there's one uh, double uh, draft eligible player, Yegor Shekovskov, yep. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, uh, he's playing in the MHL this season, so he's you know a 19 year old. He's not in the KHL. He's been passed over in the NHL draft twice. Uh, will he see any minutes in this tournament? Um, he's one of the leading scores. Um, Four defensemen for Team Russia from their club season. Um, but like I said, that's in the MHL. So does he have the potential to become maybe a, a really deep fantasy value player, someone who might get signed as a free agent at some point down the future? I don't see it with him. He's struggled to break out of the MHL. He's finally gotten some VHL chances uh, with Ska's VHL team. Um, but I'm just... I watch him, it's just kind of like, he's there. He's a guy. I wouldn't uh, draft him or anything. Maybe if he can develop more, get KHL chances in the future, uh, maybe there's something there, but I wouldn't place any bets on him ever touching North American ice besides in this tournament. <laughs> right, okay, so short answer, nothing to see here. Uh, yeah. So a bit of an underwhelming blue line, in my opinion. I'm not really sure... What Craig saw in this uh, in this makeup here, um, there's some nice pieces there, but but nothing that really stands out as, you know, minute munching defensemen that can compete with guys like Jake Sanderson or Jamie Drysdale uh, or Cam York uh, or even Billy Hanola. Um, so I, I would say their their defense is perhaps their their biggest uh, area of opportunity. Uh, feel that way too. Yeah, there's there's a lot of names, but not really any super, like star players there. Uh, obviously, they have Chistikov to lead it, but when you compare him to the likes of the Drysdales and all the other guys, it's kind of like underwhelming, <laughs> to say the least. Right. I mean, he's a fourth-round pick versus a, a fifth overall. Um, okay, so let's talk about some forwards now. Uh, there's lots to see here. Um, I think the first line, we talked about that off the top. You've got um, Vancouver Canucks prospect Vasily Potkolzin. He is the captain, and he'll be the driving force for this roster uh, outside of Yaroslav Askarov. Uh, those are the two most prominent prospects or names on this roster. Uh, so Podkolzin um, on a first line with Leafs prospect Rodion Amirov, who is a fun player to watch, and Murat Kushnadinov. Um, and I know that uh, my buddy 
the draft analyst, Steve, really likes Kushnadinov. So let's talk about these three guys here because, uh, well, I'm a Leaf fan, so I'm, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about Rody and Amirov. So let's start there. Let's start with Amirov. Um, what, what should we expect to see from him in this tournament? Just strong two-way play. Uh, he is a guy that's going to be playing uh, power play and penalty kill. He zooms around the ice to get the puck, free it up, and then he's more of a playmaker in into the offensive zone. And then when he finds a spot, that's when he's kind of that goal-scoring threat. Uh, if he stays on this first line, which I don't know if it's the right move, uh, I think he he'll be that goal scorer that they need to run the line. But um, whether or not that happens is still totally up in the air. But he has all that potential to be our, their star player for this tournament if, you know, Pod Colson can't turn things on and if something happens with Askarov. <laughs> right. So a lot of fantasy upside with him. Uh, I think he's going to fit in really well with Leafs roster. Uh, I think he could be a couple of years away from from coming over to North America, uh, maybe two or three. What do you think about uh, his North American timeline? Yeah, it's probably around two years, I'd say. Uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that he'll come over whenever he gets the chance, whenever there's this room in the lineup for him to play. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, he's a 15th overall pick in a really good draft. And uh, from the little bit that I've seen from him, uh, I like what I see is maybe not your typical super skill Russian player. He does play a little bit more two way, which I think bodes well for his, his chances at playing in the NHL. Um, but I think he's good enough to force himself into a roster position uh, and not wait for one to become available for him. Um, am I, am I overestimating him with my fanboy hat on? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. He's, he has that ability to be, uh, like a, a star player in the KHL already. Uh, he got off to a hot start and kind of cooled off, but uh, he's definitely a skilled player. He's a fantastic skater. He's a guy that you can kind of call on whenever you need him, and he's reliable. So I think if there is a chance for him to uh, work for a spot in the lineup, you know, he can definitely take it. All right, so let's talk about Vasily Podkolzin. Now, I'm not as convinced as a lot of other people are on him. And I know that particularly Canucks fans uh, like uh, Cam Robinson uh, and J.D. Burke, they think this guy is the next greatest thing. Uh, I think he's a good player. Uh, maybe they're painting a bigger picture for him for um, hockey value than fantasy value. And I always tend to look at things with my fantasy hockey scout glasses on. Um, and what I see from him is is good, but not great in terms of fantasy hockey upside. I mean, I, I like that he's a little bit rambunctious and I love when he drops his shoulder and drives to the net from breaking down on the wing and his board play is phenomenal. Um, but I just, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I would put him as like a top 10 NHL prospect, certainly a Canucks top prospect, but I don't, I don't think he makes like my top 10 league ranked prospects um in fact he'd be a little bit further down than than that even where's where's your needle on on pod coles and do you do you love him do you like him do you think he's overrated i like him to an extent <laughs> i guess uh obviously that fantasy upside is not really there at least it won't be at the next level uh he's for me he's probably more on like the 15 to 20 range for best prospects in the league. Maybe that's pushing it. Right. Because uh, he's a great play driver, but he just does the same thing over and over again. He just goes straight down, crashes the net, and doesn't score, <laughs> I guess, is the best <laughs> way to describe it. He just hopes and prays on it. He goes over and over, and it just never works. Uh, so he doesn't really have that goal-scoring upside, but uh, if he can, I guess, cool the Jets a bit, maybe don't push it to the net every single time, maybe turn around and drop a pass off, then there's some, uh, you know, some assists in his future. But 
it's just frustrating to watch him try to score all these goals and it's just not working. Right. I think my favorite thing about him is his greasiness. He's a really dirty, greasy player at times. And I think it was him and um, maybe it was Capo Caco at the World Juniors a year or two ago. And they weren't getting along at all. And I think they even refused to shake hands at the, the handshake line after a game one time. Um, he's the kind of player that I think if he's on your team, if you're like NHL team, if you're a Canucks fan, he's on your team, you're going to love him because his compete level is off the charts. And that carries a lot of weight with hockey fans. And he's going to get under the the skin of, of the other team and the other team's fans, which, of course, will endear itself to Canucks fans as well. So if you own him in your fantasy league and you're not a Canucks fan, uh, I would maybe reach out to to a Canucks fan in your league and see what uh, what kind of a bounty you could get in a trade for him. Uh, so let's talk about the other guy on that top line, um, Murat Kushnadinov. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that name right. Uh, he's probably the center on that line, if I'm not mistaken. He's an 18-year-old second-round pick of the Minnesota Wild in this past draft. Uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, shifty Kuznadinov. Uh, so, yeah, he's a player I really liked uh, going into the 2020 draft. I had him top 15 ranked. Uh, he's very small. Uh, but he's he makes up for it. He's strong. He's so fast. Uh, he's gotten even faster from last season while also putting on muscle. Uh, he got KHL time. Uh, he has 11 games, but it's been you know uh, 13 forward substitute all that stuff. So he's gotten you know really limited time there. Uh, but he has all the upside in the world for me. Uh, whether or not he makes it there is totally on him. Uh, he's really reliable to a, he's, uh, a hound for the puck is how I like to describe it. He just chases people down all around, all around the ice and he's never out of position. Uh, however, he's been off to a kind of a slow start for team Russia. He played with them in the Kahala cup earlier this year and he didn't really produce all that well. I think he only had one point for them. Through the three games and their gold medal game and their gold medal win, um, and he started the World Juniors off slow. He got caught out on a big mistake against the United States that led to a goal. Um, so it's a little worrying start, but you know they're still getting meshed with the team. So I think he's a player that will bounce back quickly for the next game. Am I right in thinking that he'll be um like a first line option for this roster? Yeah, he's their first-line center through the whole tournament. Right. Okay, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. Um, So he was picked in the second round, and you had him as a top-15 pick. So you must have been... What was more surprising, the fact that he didn't go in the first round or that Yegor Shenikov did at 20th overall? Or, sorry, 21st. Um, I think definitely Shenikov going in the first round. I was... I was expecting Kuznetsov to kind of drop to the second round just because he's small, uh, but Chinnikov going that early as an overage player, uh, he was in the MHL, um, and I was I, I would watch him and just kind of like not be impressed with him. He put up really good numbers, but he was playing a lot with Arseny Gritsyuk, uh, and Gritsyuk was kind of outplaying him. Uh, uh, after the pick, I was kind of like, maybe I'm missing something with him. And I kind of looked back and I was like, well, he's not doing anything spectacularly well, but he kind of does everything. Uh, he has a really hard shot. He has good hands. He can move pretty well. But I just, as an overage player in the first round, I was baffled, to say the least. Yeah, you and me and the panel on Sportsnet and the NHL Network, they were all like, wait, what? Who the heck is that? And they're like flipping through their notebooks and they were even joking about the fact that they had never heard of this guy before. And not only was he drafted, he was drafted in the first round. Um, I think his legacy will go down as the player who, uh, if you're in a fantasy draft and you are MIA for your pick, you'll get auto-picked Yegor Shenikov because he'll be the next highest-ranked guy on the draft board. 
because no one else will will take him. Um, although he did go first in one of the leagues that I'm in in the first round, on purpose too, not even an auto draft. So maybe I'm wrong there, but it doesn't sound like you're seeing anything uh, that moves the needle on the fantasy radar with with Yegor Shinnikov. What um, what are we expecting his deployment to be in this tournament? A top six player? Uh, he's going to be a player that's going to get moved around a lot. Uh, in their practice lines originally, he was all the way down on the fourth line. Uh, but I suspect he'll kind of be top six for the whole tournament. Uh, unless they decide to move up one of their lines to the second line. Uh, I was kind of pushing for him to be on the top line. And when they split up, if they split up, uh, that top line, he should be the one that moves up because he brings uh, not much else besides goal scoring, which is kind of a big thing for the Russians. They kind of aren't great goal scorers, but to have him on the top line getting all those minutes would be big. He just doesn't bring a lot else to the table. Right. Okay, so the next guy I want to talk about... Um... I have a double vested interest in because, as I mentioned, I'm a Leaf fan and I own him in one of my leagues, and that's uh, Leafs prospect Mikhail Abramov, um, the 19-year-old center winger. Um, where do you see his deployment being in this tournament? Honestly, it's it's tough to say. Uh, Larianov clearly has something against him. He was scratched for their first game against the United States. Uh, I I don't know if he'll be more than the 13th forward. Uh, he was the fifth center on the depth chart during their practice. So I'm I'm really confused by this one. Maybe it's because he plays in the QMJHL, but his deployment is unpredictable. I guess. Wow. Okay. Um. So you think that's more of a Larionov thing, and and not, um not in line with his skill set and upside as a player? Yeah, I had him projected to be the second line center, uh, even almost competing to be the first line center, but I'm not I'm not sure what's he, what he's going to be doing now. His upside is really good, I'd say, like for being a fourth-round pick. His playmaking ability is fantastic, but, you know, it's Lariana's team... If he wants to play his second best center on the fourth line, he can go ahead and do that, I guess. Uh, I guess you do so at your own peril. Maybe he's he's a pretty smart guy, so maybe he sees something that that we don't. Uh, maybe he has difficulty following the system. Um, I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about another guy that I think you mentioned um, a minute ago, Maxim Groshev. He's so he's a Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, third round pick from the past draft. And my file on him is pretty blank. And it sounds like he's going to be getting a pretty big role on this team. So what are the goods on Tampa Bay's prospect, Maxim Groshev? Uh, he's a player. Uh, he's a power forward with uh, not a super amount of offensive upside when I watched him in the KHL. Uh, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he's on the fourth line against the United States. And he's just a ball of fire. Uh, he's zooming down the ice. He got two or three chances for himself. Uh, he picked up an assist. Uh, he's just a strong skater, uh, really strong player in general. Uh, through the rush or on the rush, he's unstoppable. Really, uh, I had him ranked in the third round. He went in the third round. He's another player uh, like Kuznetsov. Uh, where his upside is limited, but he can definitely be an impact player at the NHL level. What's his um, fantasy hockey upside? Is is it a little bit limited? Yeah, he's not much of a producer. I think he only had 12 points in total last year between the KHL and MHL. Uh, he has two points this year, and now he's... Or he got he had two points before he got traded, and now he's with uh, Ska, and he has no points through five games, but he's been getting kind of worked into the lineup still. Right. Well, Tampa Bay's got a pretty good track record of um, drafting and developing players out of Russia. Um, 
But, you know, people that listen to this podcast kind of focus more on the fantasy hockey upside. So if there's not much to see there, then let's move on. Uh, the guy who had a good first game for Russia, Vasily Ponomareov, Carolina Hurricanes prospect, uh, drafted second round, 53rd overall. Um, I really like the players that Carolina has been drafting in the last couple of years. Uh, so I like what their scouts see and, um, they pretty much don't have a bad pick in the last two drafts in my opinion. Um, but I haven't seen very much of, of Vasily Ponomarev play. So break his day, game down for me a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, he's another player that I didn't really get to see, uh, this year, last year, because he went in the QMJHL. Right. Right. Uh, he left from Krylia Sovetov after 2019, but... I kind of, he's the only player I did my due diligence on a little bit, and I wasn't overly impressed with him. I don't think I would consider him a second-round talent. Uh, he's more of a two-way player, uh, really strong on the boards, uh, but then he generates rushes, and he turns into a, a really strong playmaker. Uh, against the United States, he had two goals, which I was not expecting to see out of him. Uh he had nine points in nine games this year for Shawinigan. Um, the upside with him is up in the air. Uh, I'm, I haven't seen enough of him to give a full prediction for what I see him in the future. But maybe a middle six two-way who is not going to be really producing at a high level, but there's some decent offensive upside or fantasy upside there. Right. Well, he's got his work cut out for him cracking the Carolina roster because they're a pretty decent team and they've got a very deep prospect pool. So, um, yeah, he'll have his work cut out for him there. Now, there's three players that made this team that are undrafted. They're all draft plus two, and that's Ilya Safonov um, and Daniel Bashkirov and Zakhar Bardakov. Or something like that. Uh, so if you could pronounce those guys' names right for me, that'd be fantastic. And are any of these guys uh, fantasy-relevant or NHL-relevant players? They're not all 19. Uh, not really. <laughs> uh, the not one me. guy that I've had my eye on is Danil Bashkarov. Uh, he's going to be getting limited time in this tournament, but he's kind of a player that maybe you take with your last pick in the draft and hope he turns into something. Uh, Ilya Safanov is just uh, big. Not much else to say about him. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen a lot of him because there's not much to see of him. And then Zakhar Bartikov is another player that's just kind of a guy, more or less. Uh, not really someone you're going to draft. Doesn't really produce greatly. Not much there between Safanov and him. All right, fair enough. So not much to see with those guys. Um, pay more attention to the draft. The drafted prospects is what you're saying, huh? Yeah. All right, so that's, for the most part, the Russian forward roster. Um, we broke down the goaltending. It's it's fantastic. We broke down their, their defense, and it was okay. And we broke down their forward ranks, and there are some nice players here, but, again, I, I'm not really seeing anything here that can... Uh, they can match the depth that rosters like um, Canada and USA, for example, can can roll out. Um, they did have a game against Canada, and uh, that was a one one nothing game. Um, are they just really well coached, or am I underrating some of these players here? I think there's just a lot of cohesion between the player types. Uh, like you kind of look at their second line. And it's uh, Gritsyuk, Safonov, and Chinnikov. Uh, Gritsyuk's a small player, uh, kind of a playmaker, pushes play forward, kind of like uh, Vesely Podkolzin, but really uh, numb down. And then Safonov, who's big, and then Chinnikov, who shoots. So it's kind of, you have those three players that are going to play well together. And then they kind of have that all the way down uh, through their forward group. The defense kind of also meshes well, despite not being any superstar players. So that's what kind of sets them apart from like Canada, 
they don't have uh, like a name that stands out. They don't have like a Dylan Cousins who's going to be this huge producer uh, or like a Trevor Zegris, Cole Caulfield, any of those guys. But what they have is uh, depth that's strong while not being like standout players. So they could definitely make a run if everything uh, keeps meshing well. And obviously they have a fantastic head coach in Igor Larionov. So this team is underrated to say the least. Right on. Uh, yeah, so Larionov Bragan, that's the name of the coach that Larionov replaces that I brain farted on earlier. Um, so that's cool. I mean, typically Russia's had some some explosive offensive players and their style of play historically has been um, a, a puck possession, highly skilled passing kind of kind of a game. And I, I mean, I'm looking at their roster this year and it looks like they're just going to be more of a more of a meat and potatoes kind of kind of team. Uh, less flash. Um, still, they're going to play that possession game, of course. Um but this looks like one of their their lower skilled teams in this tournament historically. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, and um, and if they can compete with the gold and uh, or, or or medal. Um, any final thoughts? Any players that we kind of maybe overlooked that are definitely worth some lip service on this podcast? Uh, I kind of brought him up a little bit, uh, but Arseny Gritsuk. He was my uh, sleeper player. We all kind of named sleeper players in our uh, prospects Slack chat. And he was the one guy that I wanted to talk about the most. And he's off to a good start already. Uh, and I'm just like, as you were saying, where it's not going to be, there's going to be meat and potatoes hockey. Uh, Vasily Ponomaryov had a great interview. And he said uh, that their job was to go out and play garbage hockey against the United States and I mean they just they did just that and they ended up winning the game so right it's not how you win it's whether or not you did or not um so Arseny Gritsiak he's a New Jersey Devils fifth round pick from a year ago in 2019 so doesn't have a super high pedigree but you say he's a sleeper what is it about him that um that excites you he's just a very flashy player but also is visibly a smart player uh his patience in the offensive zone he uh explodes uh his motor is great he moves the puck all around fantastically so it's a lot of uh offensive upside and then what kind of brings him down is his defense but you you have Ilya Stefanov playing with him who's going to be kind of making up for that uh Gritsuk has been a player who I've liked the past three seasons. Uh, he was fantastic last year in the MHL. Uh, he led his team in goals uh, and points, I believe. Uh, this year he's been playing mostly MHL. He got called up to the VHL and has been very good. Uh, so that's playing against older players instead of being a U20 league. Uh, and then KHL, he had one game where he was getting a little bit of ice time, but other than that, it's been uh, kind of the 13th forward. Uh, he just has a potential, I guess, boomer bust upside, whether or not he'll reach his potential and be that kind of middle six uh, play driver is still up in the air. Uh, but he's a player that always is always exciting to watch. Yeah, he's a little undersized. Um, so I guess if he's going to make it in North America or the NHL, he'll have to uh, he'll have to be producing, which would make him, I guess, a Boomer Bust fantasy prospect. Um, if you had to, if you had to predict whether or not you think uh, Arseny Gritsiak could one day play in the NHL, where would you say the the chances are more likely that he does or he doesn't? I think. I feel like he does. Maybe it's only for a season and he you know, doesn't get on his feet and he comes back to Russia right away. But I think with New Jersey, there's always kind of opportunities in that middle six as a winger. Uh, he can bring excitement to their game, uh, fast 
fast-paced everything. He does everything fast-paced. <laughs> so he can bring that as a valuable asset. And you kind of kind of throw him at the wall and see if he sticks on the team. Well, that's a really great attribute to have to be able to play the game at, at a fast, fast pace. Because as you move up um, the different levels of hockey, and we know from be it MHL to VHL or, or OHL to AHL, the pace gets faster and faster and more intense uh, the further up you go all the way to the NHL. Um, so you, you have to be able to do that in order to adapt to those leagues. So that bodes well. So I'll be keeping an eye on him in this tournament for Russia. Uh, you think he's going to be playing in a top six role, probably in a, a second second line situation. And uh, I'm sure he is widely available in just about every fantasy hockey league, given that, you know, he's he's not an NA, a KHL impact player. He's a fifth round pick from a year ago. Um, so I'm sure his his ownership on Fantrax is, is zero or close to. Um, so he could be a really good player. If he has a good tournament here, maybe put him on your watch list, depending on how deep your league is, uh, and maybe keep an eye on how he develops over the next two years. He is uh, only 19 years old, so chances are he's a few years out. Um, and he's under contract for the balance of this season in the KHL. So depending on what his next contract, it'll almost certainly be a KHL deal. Um, he is uh, a long-term... A long-term prospect, but you know someone who you could maybe get some sneaky good value on if you're in a deep, deep league. So, uh, so there's a player to keep an eye on. Uh, like we said, Dylan, you do some scouting for uh, the Russian prospects for for Dauber prospects, um, and I believe uh, you you do some editorial content for that site as well, right? Yeah, I do yeah. Some All articles right. every once in a while. Right, so you can catch his stuff on on Dauber prospects. Um, catch him on Twitter. Um, at Dylan underscore Griffin and anything else that you do you want to pump or promote while you're on here bud uh, nope right on and you do some coverage for the fourth line podcast your um, your Twitter handle says oh yeah uh, I have a couple of pieces out from earlier this year for them you can check that out fourthlinepodcast.com right on right on I uh, do not mind promoting other podcasts on here. It's a it's a great big world, and there's lots of market share for everybody. Um, all right. Well, anyways, we're I think day three into the World Junior Tournament here already, and uh, so a little bit late on on the Russian preview, but Christmas kind of came and interrupted that. And uh, so, Dylan, I really thank you for uh, being accommodating with trying to find time with me at this time of year and uh, and giving me. Give me the time for this podcast. It was a good one. And um, thanks for breaking down the Russian team and, and letting me and everyone who listens to this podcast know who to watch and who to keep our eye out for. Uh, Russia plays tonight. I believe it's the Czech Republic tonight, if, if my memory serves me correctly. So this could be an opportunity for them to um, maybe stretch their wings offensively and uh, and do a little impressing for all as fantasy hockey scouts. Thanks very much. Uh, take care, everyone. Have a safe and happy New Year's and enjoy the World Juniors.